Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Lifting You Higher podcast. I'm Jessica, joined, as always, by my beautiful co-host, Brenda. And we are so excited to have you join us again. Um, we're just going to get down and get real with you get today. personal get with personal. our listeners. Yeah. So, um, you know. um, so we have a couple questions that we're going to ask each other, yeah. and we can you know, answer them. And, and to tell you the truth, I do not know the answers to these questions that I want to ask I, I don't know the answers to the questions that I'm going to ask Brenda, so okay. it'll work. All right. So okay. win-win. So the first question, uh, and, and first question I'm going to ask Jessica is, why did you become a vegan? Okay. And so. can I just say, much respect, because <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I can do vegetarian, but vegan, no. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, just kidding. You know, like sometimes cheese just sounds good, or like a sour cream... Like, I don't eat that much. Anyway, okay. So, it all started because um, I wasn't feeling well. Like, I felt sick every time I ate. And when was that? How many years ago was um, that? For? Like, four. Okay. Four years ago. Yeah, okay. I think it'll be... I think it might even be five this summer. But okay. So, like, four or five years ago. Um, and I just was like, something's got to change. Like, I feel just like... Blah. And every morning I woke up with a stomach, like stomach cramps. Like when I'd oh. get ready in the morning, I had to like lean over my sink and like <sighs> breathe it out and like let it pass because it was like bad stomach cramps. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I was like, something's got to, I got to figure this whole thing out. And I went vegetarian a, a couple years prior, but um, I went quickly went back to not vegetarian or vegan because I didn't plan my meals very well oh, and yeah. I was like starving myself uh-huh. okay um so I was like well I guess maybe I should try you know try maybe cut some things out figure out what's really you know bothering me and then I watched this movie forks over knives which I do not recommend unless you're really curious about going vegetarian or vegan oh. um then I was like Okay, that settles it. You know, I'm not doing, I didn't do it for the animals. I did it for my own health and because I wanted to feel better. I wanted to have more energy. Besides, I have thyroid issues, so that always makes me tired. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what we eat also fuels either our tiredness or our energy. So, um, I went vegetarian and the first week was difficult for sure. And I learned very quickly that I needed to plan. Uh Like, let me plan out what I'm going to have. Um... But, you know, I've never, I haven't had, like, an issue with, like, not feeding myself enough now, you know, because I'm, like, I did my research. Should I have just started with maybe one meal? Yes. <laughs> I would recommend that. But I went, I went cold turkey. And mm-hmm. I was, like, I'm not eating dairy. Cold turkey? Cold turkey. <laughs> <laughs> cold tofurkey. I don't know. <laughs> I... <laughs> I didn't eat any meat. I didn't have any dairy, like any milk, any of that kind of thing. Um, And it's just been going good since. And through that, you know, I've tried to have dairy again and found out that I'm lactose intolerant. There you go. Like most of Americans are. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what was upsetting my stomach. But we just keep eating it anyway. Just keep eating it. I know. Um, Because it's good. I agree. But um, Yeah. Which, it was really weird for my family for me to go vegan. Although, my sister and brother-in-law um, went vegan with me as well. Yeah, they didn't last very long. <laughs> I was like, I don't see this lasting very long. No offense, I love them. but <laughs> So, it, I just haven't gone back because 
um, what around the year mark um, of being vegan, I was on a, a flight and I got a vegetarian meal on the flight, but it had, I think, beef broth in it. Oh. And it seriously, I was like, I turned white as a ghost. I was like sweating profusely. And I was like, I'm going to throw up. I'm like, my body just was like, nope, not having it. And um, thankfully I had some like ginger that I could take and it helped a lot. But I was like, oh no. So I haven't really tried meat since. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That, That makes sense. And I think, you know, even myself, I, I, you know that I I, 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 I go vegetarian mm-hmm. and then I come off. Then yeah. I go vegetarian, then I come off, then I go vegetarian. <laughs> and usually what makes me come off is is um, I'll go to a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> but see, like. But, and then I'm like, okay, give me a steak. But, but I know that you are faithful to it. And, and well, I, at least vegetarian. Like, <laughs> I, you know, again, ice cream. That was my weakness before, especially before my husband and I moved houses. Like mm-hmm. we, there was a, you know, ice cream shop right down the street. Like, and we always were there. And so <laughs> ice cream sometimes, is, but, and then my husband's always like, so you're going to let that ransack your stomach? You just hate your stomach today? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm a faithful vegetarian. I'm not a faithful Plus, vegan. You, and your husband is not. So oh, yes. I, yeah. That was fun. Learning how to cook for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> but it was easy once I just realized I cook the same meal. I just separate the meats, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Well, that's cool. That's cool. All okay. right. So you go ahead. All right. My question for you is why prison ministries? Like what got you into prison ministries? Uh, okay. That is an easy question to ask. Okay. So when I got saved, I was 29. And um, that's when I accepted Jesus as my personal savior. And so that's a long time to live in the world. Yeah. And um and I always because of some family dynamics, I've always felt like I was not wanted. Hmm. So when I got saved and I and I knew that God wanted me and loved me and I was his daughter and yeah. I understood the whole concept of he is my father God. And, um, and that he made the role Mm -hmm. and that human beings messed it up and that he is my, my family and I'm always accepted, always loved. I, and I knew that I was called to do something into, um, as a Christian, not to just receive salvation and then sit on a bench. Yeah. And so, um, God imparted into me one Saturday morning on the way to church to do some, to help something out, do something at the church. The first five chapters of um, um, Ezekiel that I would, and if you know the first five chapters of Ezekiel, it talks about going to the hard headed Mm. and the fringe that nobody wants. Yeah. And I thought, Mm. you know what? I know what it feels like to be not that fringe, to fit into that category where you're not wanted. And so um, I volunteered for prison ministry just to, because I thought, obviously, who does people not want? Yeah. They don't want people in prison and right. they don't want people after they get out of prison. And so I thought, you know what, I'll just volunteer and go. And when I went, it was like I found my people. Mm. And so, um, so for like 15 years off and on, I've been involved in it. 
And it was, and to tell you the truth, it wasn't until two year, uh, well, 2019, um, pre COVID that I realized this, that there was no, um, dilly, no dancing around the issue. This is yeah. it. Yeah. And to, in that, this is what was you're committed to. And so, um, that's how I got involved in it. And to, and so for me, and, and when I talk about prison, it's female prison. I don't, right. I have been to male prisons and, um, but for me it is, I minister to women in prison. That is that, that's my people. Yeah. And, um, and so that's what I feel home with. And it's really funny because I, um, because I'm not, um, I have, I have, that's not what I would have pictured. I tried many <laughs> sure. different other things that I thought that's that I thought was the fringe. Yeah. The, but nothing really clicked like this. This mm. these are these are it. So that's how I ended up in there. Okay. <laughs> um, can I ask a follow up question? Absolutely. <laughs> um, how do you come up with the um, anger management like teaching? Is that oh, what you started oh, with, yeah. or was no. it called? No, rage, well, uh, cage your rage. Cage your rage. No, I did not come up with it. That's actually a a prison, um, uh, a material that was written for a book from prisoners. Inmates wrote the book. Oh. First of all, male inmates wrote the book, and it was curriculum for them. And then they changed it for women. So it's a real book called Cage your Rage. But I'll tell you how I started. And and you need to really listen to this. I started as just being a part of a team member. I didn't come in saying, I'm, I'm ready to preach and teach. Mm-hmm. I was just a team member. You know, I just showed up and did whatever, you know, needed to be done. In fact, I think I kept the records. It wasn't, you know, I never did anything. I just served. Mm-hmm. And then, then I was given opportunities to minister. And so always, you know, when you start out in a ministry, don't come in thinking you're going to start at the top. Mm-hmm. Just serve at the bottom. And, and sometimes all they need is, you know, a body count, you know, or, and especially if you're a female going into female prisons, they need women there as a buffer if your leader is a male. Yeah. And then as a female going into male prisons, you just, it's kind of a little tricky situation. You need to be, you know, aware of certain rules and stuff, but it's sure. awesome. It, it is awesome because sometimes they just need to see what a godly Christian woman looks like. Yeah. Um, and so, anyway, that's, that's, I did not start with the Cage Rage program. Um, the chaplain, actually, of the Maximum Security Prison that I go into says, we need someone to teach this. Would you be interested? Yeah. And, and I said, yes, but I just want you to know that it, the book has no Christian reference whatsoever in it. Oh. And I said, there is no way I can teach this mm-hmm. without incorporating biblical principles because it's just going to happen right whether i try it or try not to it's going to leak out right and so i just want to be transparent with you up front that i'm not trying to be sneaky about anything so you need to be aware of that and she's and the chaplain said i have no problem with that good so so when when that's how i got involved in that program and um and it's a seven-week course i i do it seven nights seven thursday nights in a row and then I take two Thursday nights off, and then we start a second round. If the inmates take it and complete it, they get um, X amount of time taken off their sentence. Oh, that's great. So, and and it would be, 
you know, personally, I think everybody on the planet should take this course <laughs> because I think many, 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 many people do not know how to deal with anger. Yeah. And um, I think that's why we see the things that we're seeing now in our society is because no one's been teaching people how to mm. deal with their anger. Yeah. And there's a lot of things to be angry about. And um, especially if you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart. And so... Yeah. Um, it's always so funny because I'll just tell you a side note and then we'll move on is that many of them show up saying, I don't have any anger issues. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right, let's it'll see. just, you know, do the material and we'll work, walk through the class. And, and then, you know, by the third class, they're like, I'm really angry about this and this. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yeah and, I'm, and I'm always, it's all I can do not to say, uh huh. <laughs> but I thought you said you didn't have any anger. Yeah. And it's like, but anyway, so, and then I've had really tragic stories where I've had women who have said, you know, I can't finish this. I can't do this course anymore, you know, and because they're required to do the homework while they're in the course, the class with me. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I always tell them, it's not that I don't trust you, but I don't trust you. And I don't trust, I wouldn't trust the best church people on the planet because if I sent you home with homework, Mm -hmm. you would put it on your kitchen counter and then life would happen and week two would come around and you haven't done homework number one yet. And so um, I said, so even if I was teaching this at my church or anywhere, I would require you to do the homework in the class because I'm going to make sure you do it because it's part of the class. Sure. And um, and so um, it's always so funny because I'm always like, son, I don't trust you, but I don't. <laughs> I don't trust anybody to do their homework. <laughs> well, you know, I just want to recap because this is a really good point for all of us is when we're going into something to be humble and yes. to just serve, not expect a title, not expect, you know, high praise, just to go and be humble and serve. And I feel like the Lord really uses those people who do that. Yeah, so. don't have expectations of how you're going to be used. Just yeah. go in and and help where you can. That's good. So, okay. So, okay. Mike, ask another question. Okay. So, Jessica, because I find this awesome because I would not be able to do it. Um, how... <laughs> Did you get involved with youth? Because I would be putting them all in headlocks, banging their heads against the wall. Oh, just I don't think, I don't, to. I don't think that they would let me do that. <laughs> okay, so I I don't think it wasn't really something that I wanted to do necessarily. <laughs> you know, like kids ministry and youth ministry is so important because those are our future leaders, and that's you know where our country is headed. Um, but it's so hard and difficult. So, um, it wasn't like something I was looking for, like looking out for, but I wanted to serve more in church, like Mm -hmm. find another outlet. And, um, uh, the youth pastor actually approached me and I, I didn't know who he was at all. Like I'd seen him around church, but we never talked or anything. And he was like, would you be interested in volunteering, you know, on Wednesday nights with the youth? He was like, you don't have to commit right now. Just come check it out and see how you like it. And so I went and I really liked it. They were very like skeptical of me, you know, as youth are because they can't like trust anybody instantly, um, which is fine. And um, so I kept coming back. I was like, well, maybe it'll get easier. And then I had a friend from church join me and we ended up leading us the middle school girls small, small group. And it was going really good. And then she left. And, you know, like things have happened. 
But being consistent, you know, being there every Wednesday or as many Wednesdays as I can, um, just being that consistency in their life is really important. And they've, of course, opened up and are always excited to see me come run, give me, like seriously, um, yesterday somebody, one of my girls came and ran, ran across the sanctuary to give me a hug. <laughs> so um, it's just that constant discipleship and um, I actually really love it. I had a girl, I have a girl, um, I, I call them my girls. Like, well, they're let me mine. to see that when Jessica is at church, it's like these little, uh, it's like she's the duck, mama duck. Yes. And you have these little ducklings. Yes. These little girls that are like 10, 12, 13, 14 are just like following her around like the little yes. ducks, you know, follow the mama duck. Yes. And it's, it cracks me up. And it's yes. so funny. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so when I started, um, I had a, I have a girl, and um, we're still, like, I practically consider her my daughter because of other, like, family circumstances, whatever, but um, she's she considers me her BFF, and I accept that. <laughs> I'll be her best friend forever. Anyway, um, so she was in sixth grade when I started youth ministry, and she had just started coming to church on youth. Well, being con- that consist- consistency in her life when home life was not consistent, uh. you know, and it's not, we see them for like two, three out, two hours on Wednesday. It's not that it's what we do outside of church, mm-hmm. you know, that discipleship, that mentorship that really has made an, you know, an impact. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why part of the reason why she's actually graduating high school and will go on to college. Wow. So. Uh. So take away consistency. Yes. And just volunteer. Even if you don't like it, just try it. Yeah. Who knows? And if you don't like it, no harm, no foul. Yeah. Hey. So, yeah. So yeah. I love that. How awesome. Yes. it's. A, I think it's a good concept. Like come and like check it out. Like put, dip your toes in. Is the water warm or is it cold? Do you like it or not? You know? Mm-hmm. And then you, you're not like held to a commitment, anything. So. That's right. Okay. Last question for okay. Brenda. Okay, I'm ready. Um, so we all know that you grew up in a non-Christian household and that um, you were 29 when you yes. became yes. Christian? Yes, yes, Okay, <clears throat> but I was just wondering, like, has it been hard or is it hard currently, you know, being a Christian in a non-Christian uh, atmosphere or culture? Well, and... More specifically, is it hard being a single Christian female? Oh, well, I was just getting out like your household, but yes, uh, I okay. got it. But a household too. Okay, so I would say it's a little dance, family-wise. Yeah. It's kind of family-wise. So as being a believer around non-believers, it's a little dance we play at the holiday season sure. or at family gatherings or whatnot. That um, you just have to um, really be girded up. <laughs> <laughs> Gird your loins. I know. Put on the armor of God and go for it. <laughs> I will say this. At the beginning, it was really hard because sometimes I was made fun of or, you know, the eyes would roll mm-hmm. or whatever. But then the consistency took on. Yep. And so then they... Then they had questions, and I, and I'll never forget the day that um, because when I lived in the world, I was very promiscuous, and then when I got saved, I understood that you know that's called fornication, and you don't do it. And I thought that'll be an easy sin to not do, yeah. you know, because 
it's obvious. It's sure. open and obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I may gossip or I may <laughs> lie, but that one is open and obvious. And so when so when I stopped being that, they then thought, I'll never forget the day. I was mm-hmm. I think I was saved for ten years and they approached me and they they were gonna do an intervention and they were like, Are you gay? Oh. And I'm like, No, I'm not gay. Oh. I'm saved. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So that was, you know, so it was just like, you know, because they were like, so, but it was the, but they were seeing the change yeah. and that it was a consistent change. And so in their mind, they were trying to figure out, well, what change? Like, is she, yeah. is she gay now? Oh or, you know, what is, you know, and so it was like, no, I'm not, I'm not gay. I'm just trying to live for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so then, you know, then it's sometimes it was really funny because then the, my mother would ask me to, we would have Thanksgiving and it would be, well, Brenda, pray over the food before we eat it. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like a priestly blessing. You're a sinner, but let, let me go to the priest like, okay, and get a whatever, blessing. You know, however we get the name Jesus out there, let's go for it, you know? So then I'll be like, okay, I'll pray. <laughs> so let's pray before we eat. And I'm like, you guys never pray before you eat. Yeah. It is like, so you know, so it's just been a journey. Mm-hmm. You just have to stick with it. Because just like you would meet someone on the street who doesn't have Jesus in their heart, they're the same way. They don't yeah. have it. They don't get it. <laughs> they and Until they get it, they're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. And and trying to force it down them is not going to work. Um, you know, I, I even tried that. I made the mistake of trying to do that, you know, and it, it just kind of backfired. It didn't mm-hmm. even work. And so you just ha- – and sometimes I think awesome – Sometimes I think this is very true, too, is sometimes you cannot minister to your family. Yeah, that's hard. Until yeah. they are in a situation, well, that is not a good situation. So, the, you know, one of the things that happened it was that last year when my brother passed away, I was able to minister to him. And literally, he yeah. was still, you know, in his bed. He was suffering from cancer. He was not recovering. And... um and I led him to Lord, to Jesus Christ. He accepted awesome. Jesus Christ as a Savior. And so you, as a believer in a family of people that do not believe, you must really be hearing from God yeah. when it comes time to minister because it it may not be, you may not be the one. And don't be offended by that because even Jesus was not received. Right. And it, you don't know how many times I had to read that to myself. Mm-hmm. Even he was not received in his hometown. Yeah. So don't be offended or or downcast or saddened if if you're not the one that leads people. Just rejoice <laughs> that they got saved. Hey, and if God orchestrates it that you get to be the one, then praise the Lord also. Yeah. But don't get hung up on that because even Jesus couldn't minister to the his hometown, to the right. butcher or the baker or whatever. The people in his hometown were like, you are just the son of Joseph. Who are you? Yeah. You know? And so don't be surprised if that's also the reception you get. Mm. And just, you know, pray for them and know that there, it's like dealing with the person at the store, grocery store that don't know Jesus, just go for it and yeah. just go with it. Don't take it personally and just, but don't back off from it. Don't, don't compromise yourself mm-hmm. because of it and, and, That's and have a sense of humor. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't that how we minister normally? Like our, just our daily lives, like being mm-hmm. the light in dark situations. That's right. When you so. work with coworkers that don't have, you're being yeah. the light in the darkness, just consistency. Yeah. That's right. That's so, good. um, okay. Well, 
Um, actually, before we close, um, if you are one of those people who are like, who is this Jesus Jesus person? And um, maybe I should know him. Well, you mm. should. It's a great life with Jesus. Let me just tell you, my Damn. life before Jesus compared to my life now, complete one eighty. I, I, I don't even know if I would be alive, Jessica, same. if I had if I had not accepted Jesus. Same. I mean, I really don't. I really don't. Honestly, I think I would be dead on on the side of a road somewhere. I, I honestly, do honestly, I, I do too. So, I mean, the life I lived before was not good, and I definitely would have not made it this far in life. So, <sighs> all we have to do is in the in the Bible it says, "Confess with your mouth that He is Lord, and believe it in your heart, and and receive Him." So. If you want to pray the sinner's prayer, like, it's just easy. It's it's no complicated words. Just say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I've messed up. But I believe that you came, you died, and you rose on the third day for me. So come into my heart. Come into my life. Have it all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. amen it's so amen. simple. There it is. There it is. Um, but I do want to encourage you that if you prayed that prayer along with me and you believe that Jesus, if you believe in Jesus and he is in your heart, tell somebody. I know it can be a little embarrassing and especially if you're around a family that isn't Christian, find somebody that's a Christian and tell them or send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but yeah, so. And then, and then, and then go to a church. Yes. Be you know, you know, you probably know someone you either work with them yeah. or the other neighbor or somebody. If you walked up to them, <laughs> wouldn't that be lovely oh, yeah. to have someone walk up to you and say, you know, I just accepted Jesus Christ this morning and I need yes. to find a church. Yes. They they would probably pass out. I'd be like, that was the easiest thing I ever did. They walked up oh, and gosh. I said, and I, and I said, yes, yes, you can come to my church. <laughs> you know, don't do it alone. Don't no, try to do it alone. Don't do life alone. Yes. yes. I mean, can I just say, it might be embarrassing for you to come up and say, hey, I gave my life to Jesus, but to any Christian, we're going to celebrate with you. Oh my I gosh. Would be I would be like. Ecstatic praising God, like, yay, like hugging you, whatever. Okay. Yes, it would be, it would just be crazy. <laughs> so don't be embarrassed. Get plugged in. Tell somebody. Um, so just a, rem a reminder for everybody, okay? You are loved, okay? You are beautiful inside and out. You have a purpose. God has a plan for your life. You are so needed. So we just pray a blessing. A blessing over you. Stay safe. And we'll see you in the next week.